0: Welcome to the Locked In Podcast. My name is Ani. My name is Shree. And we are recording this on Wednesday, April
1: 15th, 2020, day 55,000 of the quarantine. We are stuck at home, in the house, bored, bored in the house, any way you want to name it. That is what we are. Bored in the house, in the house, bored. We wanted to start today's episode with a little bit of sad news. Um, this past few days, the news came out that Carl Anthony Towns' mother passed away from coronavirus. And Anthony Towns is a player on the Timberwolves. His mother was super involved in the NBA and in the NBA community. And we just wanted to extend our deepest sympathies to their family and anyone who has family dealing with coronavirus. Or
0: Yeah, we really just want to extend our sympathies to those that are dealing with this. We understand it's a very hard time in people's lives. We're here to provide some form of entertainment to you guys. So hopefully you guys can listen to us. Take your mind off the quarantine and this crazy, crazy world we're living in right now. And yeah, I mean, with that said, again, once again, we really hope that everyone's doing well health-wise, mentally, mental and physical health-wise. We hope that you guys are staying safe, socially distancing, washing your hands. And we also just hope that you guys are, are having a good time trying to, you know, just stay
1: at home. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Just We're just trying to, again, keep putting out good content for you guys. And unfortunately, there hasn't been that much that much sports news as of late. I mean, if you want to talk about the MLB Players video game tournament or the, the awful NBA horse tournament that just happened a couple days back, I, I really don't want to spend any time on that. I don't know about you, Ani.
0: No, it's okay. We can skip over that. One one quick announcement. Uh, me and Tree decided that we will be live streaming the first round of the NFL draft. So that's going to happen next week. So we will keep you guys posted with more details about that we will
1: find a way to last stream it yeah probably on youtube or something but youtube maybe instagram live we'll we'll come up with something but yeah yeah if you you want to join us for that let us know we we really enjoy talking to you guys about football about sports whatever so we'll keep you updated on that and yeah yeah it'll be the first actual sports news in a while so
0: (laughs) fun times chase young yeah once again once again we appreciate you guys listening and uh because there's no sports news, let's jump right into it. So, Shri and I are going to rank the top ten Pixar movies of all time. Now, uh, for those of you guys that don't know what Pixar is, I'm not going to explain it because you guys must have been living under a rock. Pixar, for me and Shri at least, has been an integral part of our childhood and our upbringing. I've watched every single Pixar movie in preparation for this. Like I. Haven't watched them before, but you know, just in case, watched most of them again. Watched onward recently on Disney Plus, you know, came out recently on Disney Plus, didn't get a chance to watch it in theaters, so to prepare myself, watched everything. So really excited to talk about this. Pixar is probably my favorite cinematic universe type deal. I like it a lot more than everything anything else. I think Marvel's a close second, but I really really love Pixar movies they're my favorite I watch them all the time so
1: yeah especially with Pixar I remember me and Ani used to go to like Las Vegas with our families growing up and like he would have this like super jank DVD player in his car and we'd watch like everything from like like Ratatouille, Monsters Inc just you name it we'd watch it on that little like five inch screen so it's definitely a part of our childhood growing up together and it means a lot to us going to Las Vegas as kids the best environment
0: to take your kids guys so remember when you have kids take them to Las Vegas (laughs)
1: Yeah, take him to everything. Take him to everything but the casinos and the strip clubs. That's there's otherwise there's really nothing you can do in Vegas as a kid. Hey, Vegas wasn't that bad as a kid. It was pretty fun. See, that's because we had each other. We didn't really like. No, that's true. All we did was eat, man. We also went to the arcade. It's the little kids very. The Excalibur arcade where we like lost all our money. Yeah. It's a sign of things to come, man. Man oh man,
0: Vegas was such a weird experience as a little kid, like. I, I, I went back recently and just I was like, why did I even come here when I was like 10 or 12 years old? Like there's nothing to do if you're a kid. So yeah, if you can't play Blackjack, Vegas it's just pointless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyways, we're gonna talk about our top 10 Pixar movies. So like usual, uh, we'll each discuss our 10th movie, talk about it for a little bit and move on. I haven't seen Shree's list. Shri hasn't seen my list, so it's gonna be all suspense from here on out. And once again, if you guys have any comments on our list, if you guys have any hate directed to the movies we have on our list, let us know. Our Instagram is podcast.lockedin. Our email is podcast.lockedin at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. But Tree, you want to go ahead and start off with your number 10 movie?
1: All right. My 10 is a criminally underrated Pixar movie and it's Cars. And one of the reason i I kind of gravitated towards Cars for this list is that it really kind of represents like everything this country is about in the sense that. Or I don't, I'm not talking politically, I'm not talking anything, anything like that. I'm just saying they have, like, Route 66, they have huge canyons, they have racing, a lot of, like, very critical American values that you just think of when you think of the United States. And I don't know, Cars was good because you saw, like, a huge transformation of Lightning McQueen from kind of, like, this arrogant, selfish, brash, like, superstar mentality to a really humble and, like, genuine i can't even say person because dude's a car but he he really has a really heartwarming character shift and the relationship between he and like mater there's just a lot of good things going on in this movie i don't i wouldn't call cars like an allegory but it kind of is for both life and kind of like the american dream in general i don't know maybe i'm like overthinking this but no i think you're spotted on with your analysis I think a lot of people have talked about
0: cars as is a, a way to preserve the the way Americans lived, especially during the '60s and the '70s. You see a lot of that nostalgia factor with the town of Radiator Springs representing, you know, old town America, small town America that has been passed up by these big freeways. You hear "flyover country" a lot in politics nowadays, and I feel like cars really represents that. I love cars; it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I, I really enjoy watching it. Um, I think as a little kid, I used to love playing with cars. So just watching cars in real life made me like as a Pixar movie was like, wow. And even just watching it as an adult, I still have that feeling of nostalgia. Um, For me, it's my number 11 out of the 22 Pixar movies. I've ranked all of them just by myself, you know, got to keep them updated. So it's right outside the top 10 for me. I think the reason for me why it's outside the top 10 is just like in terms of the rest of the Pixar movies. It just doesn't stack up that much. Like Pixar is such a high standard. Every single movie they make is really good. Mm-hmm. But Cars is just at the top ten in terms of like what I feel is the best Pixar movie. It's one of my favorites. But I don't feel like it could be classified as one of the top ten best Pixar movies. That's why I left it off my ranking. But I mean I love Cars. I love the whole Cars trilogy. I, I told my friend that I think the Cars trilogy is better than the Spy Kids trilogy. Uh what, I have no comments on that? That
1: spy kids. That those movies are like what you watch when you have like a sub. In like elementary school <laughs> i love spy kids man i mean robert robert
0: rodriguez ut alum hookum, spy kids three set in austin but i mean I, I love the cars trilogy uh but you know just couldn't put them out couldn't put them in my top 10 but yeah i mean i think cars is great i really recommend you know whenever disneyland opens up you guys check out cars land in, in cars california land, adventure sure. it is amazing they created an entire replica of of radiator springs both within cars land but also within the ride there's a cars ride they created another replica of radiator springs so basically it's two radiator springs in cars land it's amazing i love that place
1: yeah i always think of grad night when i think of cars land because that's the only time i like actually went to california adventure for anything so <laughs> yeah i think that I went and, like, twice i seventh grade band
0: right did we, did we yeah we them? went seventh grade band, but we went to Land not california adventure i went mm. to california adventure I think in ninth or 10th grade to see Cars Land. And then I went and jury during Grad Night. And man, people that went to Grad Night at Disneyland, that rave in a flows V8
1: Motel, that was a dude, crazy oh my god, that and like time. the silent disco.
0: Yes, oh god, dude, that was crazy. Times.
1: I wanted to give a, a special shout out to these omissions. I, there are a lot of short films Pixar has that are really, really like masterful cinematic works. Like Bao, I think the one with the dumplings... And then there's Lava. I always forget. I think was it Inside Out that it like premiered before? But yeah, like, well, I, if I had like an 11A and 11B, it would probably be those two short films. But yeah, Pixar's just always producing really, really good work. Everything they make is... Almost everything they make is
0: really, really good. Some stuff is I but we're not going to talk about that today. Yep. All My right, number 10 you... movie is Toy Story 4 the second most recent pixar movie to come out so this came out in the summer of 2019 the fourth installment of the toy story series i have all four toy story movies in my top down i think they're just that good i have toy story one and two on dvd uh like that we bought when a toy story two came out when i was a little kid i used to, i literally know those movies so well that i can tell you the entire plot without like watching the movie i love those movies i'll talk about them later uh but I think Toy Story Four wasn't as good as the other three movies, but it was still really good. I think people think Toy Story Three is the ending of Andy's story, but Toy Story Four is the ending of Woody's story, and it's really a great story about Woody letting go and finally moving on. And there's a few few criteria in which I judge a really good Pixar movie by. I think one is the story, the second is how heartfelt it is, because every Pixar movie is heartfelt and has a message, and the third is the animation. Toy Story 4 hits the animation out of the park. It is the best animation in any animated movie ever. It's so realistic some of it. Like there's this one scene where they're in the the thrift shop and there's a cat and the cat's in the sunlight and it's like stretching. It straight up looks like a real cat. They have done <laughs> some masterful work with the animation in Toy Story 4. It is amazing. I think the the prettiest Pixar movie. The, like they've cr- really broke the like broke another record in terms of how good their animation is i think the story is really good it just doesn't live up to some of the other pixar movies but it was really good i really enjoyed it cried when i left the theater this this past summer so
1: so i i watched toy story 4 in theater when it came out and i i guess like that time i didn't appreciate it as much just because there was such a large gap between the time three and four were released but just like when we came up with the idea for this podcast i kind of re-watched one two and three and then watching 4, it made a lot more sense than how, like, Woody finally had that, like, conclusion. He really, really needed it. And I thought that was good. When you watch when you watch them kind of with a little more recency. But, I don't know, didn't you think they waited, like, a really long time to release 4?
0: Yeah, so I think it originally was meant to be a trilogy. And then some people had an idea for Toy Story 4, Rashida Jones of parks and rec in the office she actually was one of the people that co-wrote the original story Toy story for you know was in development hell for a bit they developed it for a long time because i think they wanted to get the story right i think they also wanted to do the animations well and john lasseter had some part of it but then he had to step down because of his allegations of sexual misconduct in pixar so that was another thing that delayed the release but i think honestly the waiting time was fine with me you know i watched I watched the other three Toy Story movies on a pretty regular basis like once a month or once every two months. So for me, it was still fresh in my mind and I think it really capped out the story well. I think if they left it at three, it would have been fine before it really finished off Woody's story because I felt like Woody was still a bit – his story wasn't as complete in Toy Story 3. And for me, it's just like it finished out the story well. Um, It's, I think, the funniest of all four Toy Story movies, I think. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, it's really, really funny. Uh, and just, the animation is beautiful, so I think, like, I'm okay with it, because I think they got it right. Like, it's not as good as the other three Toy Story movies, but, like, it fits in perfectly, and I would have rather waited them waited, like, six years to release the next one, than released it two years later, and then it sucked as a story, and I think Pixar waited a long time because they wanted to get it right, and I think they got it right.
1: Especially with the humor, they knew that the the generation that grew up watching those Toy Story movies was, like, kids our age, so they kind of like changed the way the script was written and made it more like apt for, for like our viewing population. So I thought that was good on them.
0: Yeah, exactly. Whenever I saw on Twitter, people were like, I'm going to, pu- I'm going to push little kids out of the way when I'm going to the theater to watch toy story for us. Cause like we grew up watching the toy story movie. So I feel like that Pixar movie was really directed at like a certain age group.
1: Mm-hmm. So I agree. All right. Yeah. For my nine, I got a bug's life and Obviously, the the most iconic part of Bugs Life for me is the Disneyland, like the the 3D exhibit where everyone goes and sits in their little theater and they see like the bugs and they feel the sprays and they really feel like they're immersed in that world. But Bugs Life was stacked in terms of voice acting. Um, They had Julia Louis-Dreyfus uh, more popularly, Elaine, I just know her from Seinfeld really well, but... They had her. They have the now. He who must not be named, Kevin Spacey, as the villain, as Hopper, and I really think Hopper is one of the better villains that Disney's ever come up with. Just because you you know the Aesop story of like the grasshopper and the ant, but then Disney or Pixar kind of takes that tale and really makes it a case about like each individual fighter for the ant colony and each of them has their own unique storyline and it's not just like your typical story of good versus evil they really go into each individual character in bug's life and you feel like you're invested in each of those character arcs as they go against the grasshopper army so i really like a bug's life in terms of like they take a classic story of greed and cruelty versus like a ragtag bunch of ants and it's kind of one of those things where you know you you walk every day down the street and you kind of see all these like you you see everything walking around you and you just never notice things like this but they really take like that microcosm and do a really good job making like a full well-developed movie out of it so i really like this it was unique
0: yeah i think bug's life is the funniest pixar movie it is hilarious it is like a laugh start to finish it just didn't make the top 10 and i think it's just so hard choosing the top ten Pixar movies. Every single movie they make is so good. So, just ma- just didn't make it on the list for me. Actually, it's it's number seventeen on my list. So I have, I have a few. <laughs> just more above didn't it.
1: make it on my list. Put it at seventeen.
0: Okay, dude. the The gap between ten and like twenty is like very small. Like That's it was fair. really hard making this list.
1: I'll always um, remember. Yeah. I'll always remember that one scene where. Uh, Oh man, I I forgot who, but he was like, hey, "You want to pollinate with a real, with like a real bug, and then it's like a ladybug that's like a man." Francis, yeah. Francis, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought they got humor right with this movie for sure. It's really, really funny. Yeah,
0: my my number nine movie is The Incredibles. Uh, people might think the super low. Um, I love The Incredibles. Again, watched it. it came out when I was a kid. I remember watching it in theaters. Watch it all the time. Still, it's a great movie. The score is amazing. Michael Giacchino is, is really, really good. Also, as a preface, I, I love film and TV music scores. I was in band with Aditya for a long time. Um, so I'm going to talk about the score when I talk about every single movie. Oh, yeah. Toy Story 4, the score was great. I forgot to mention that. score was great. Scores for all did, these movies did a great just job
1: on finishing
0: it off. Like, he really tied together some themes from the first three movies and added some new themes, and it was really, like, heartfelt, sentimental. You've got a friend in me. I love the Toy Story film scores because, like, you can tell right when you hear, like, just a little bit of it, like, it's Toy Story. Like, I have a playlist. Whenever, like, the first 10 seconds of a Toy Story film score comes on, I'm like, oh, it's Toy Story. Like, it just puts you in Andy's room, like, from the start. Dude, it's that's the, so the
1: Randy Newman effect.
0: Yeah. But anyways yeah michael giacchino did a great job on the incredibles has like that jazzy style he's a pretty good jazz composer as well has like that jazzy style um great great score great visuals great story too really original um love love the family love their dynamics and i think it's just a really good movie i agree i have it much higher on my list (laughs) yeah I, i i really thought about it i really thought about it but it was just like the incredibles didn't stack up in terms of like story to me compared to some other ones but
1: Honestly, I'm right now in like a Smash playing phase, and I was I was watching The Incredibles the other day. I was just comparing each of the characters to like their Smash counterparts, and like Violet, I just think of like Shield breaks and Smash every time because she has that like ridiculous reflector shield, and then you have Elastigirl who's like Piranha Plant just like stretches like in insane lengths, and then. Mr. Incredible, Little Mac. I don't know. I'm in a weird comparison phase. I'm just comparing everything, ranking everything. I think it's because of this, like, this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I really like this movie. Good movie. All right. For my eight, I have... I got lazy with this one. I kind of bunched all the Toy Stories with emphasis on one. Just because I thought that really showed how, like, misunderstood Woody was throughout that entire movie. But then in the end, he got that, like, really good homey ending with Buzz when they both end up with Andy. And I don't know. Everything from the score to kind of how the toys turn on Woody to how Buzz just thinking he's a space ranger the entire movie and turns out, like, he's not. But this movie was childhood for me. It really... Every time I hear the score from like a Steady playlist, I think of Andy's room. I think of, I think of those alien toys. I think of just really, really fond childhood memories. So I got lazy and just Great put movie. all of Toy Story together. Yeah,
0: if you guys want, if you guys are interested in film and TV music, you guys want a good playlist to listen to on Spotify. Follow my Spotify playlist. It's called Film slash tv score blaps b-l-a-p-s um has over i think 209 songs uh oh, about 200, film and 209? tv music yeah 209 let me yeah it's it's a lot it's it's very it, it's you know it's very comprehensive because you know i really really enjoy this type of mu- music and i have a 500 song
1: one called study
0: 204 songs 13 hours 18 minutes you guys should really follow it. Yeah, we, we'll link but
1: we'll link our our film and, and TV study playlists. It's
0: good stuff. It's good, good stuff. stuff. Yeah.
1: All right, what do you um, got?
0: I have Inside Out for my number eight. I actually didn't watch this movie for a long time. Like, I didn't watch it in theaters. I just missed out on it. And people were like, oh, my God, this is the greatest Pixar movie of all time. And, like, I watched it, and, like, halfway through, when, like, Riley started to get mad, and, like, sadness started to touch, like, the the core memories and turned them to blue. I like got like really scared and like, it was awkward. So I just like turned off the movie. Like I didn't watch it, but finally this winter I went to India to visit some family and like, I watched it on the plane. I forced myself. I'm like, I'm going to watch this movie and I watched it all the way through. And it was just really, really good. And I think that the best Pixar movies come out of some sort of inspiration. And like, if, if you listen to, to Pete doctor talk about inside out, like the way in which he thought about this movie, was like it's it's really is like wow like it's just what like he was going through some things emotionally and he was like what if like we had some emotions inside our head like what's going on inside of our heads and I think it's really a great movie the score again Michael Giacchino he did an amazing job but like it's just a really heartfelt movie and it, it makes you think about it a lot some people say that it's a lot deeper like people who don't like the movie as much say. Oh, like people are giving a credit it's not as deep as it is I think it's a really deep movie I think it's a really great movie Animation's really good and overall just like a very very like it has a powerful message that you know sadness is not something to be afraid
1: of I agree and I have it a little higher but this, this is a very good placing I thought when I initially watched Inside Out I kind of expected another typical I hadn't seen a trailer I just kind of went because my sister and my mom wanted to watch this like super long ago but this is a really complex like psychologically charged movie where Pixar usually explores like a central theme of some emotion like with Finding Nemo it's about like like losing your loved ones and then doing anything it takes to like get them back and there's always these like fundamental typical values you expect out of movies but then with Inside Out it's it's very like neural like centered in the sense that it they explore really difficult emotions for like a child to be watching and i thought they did an unbelievable job portraying death with bing bong and how letting go sometimes is really hard but necessary and when you've spent all the time you can with one of your loved ones and have to see them go it's 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 painful but you you tend to remember the good more than the hurt from losing them and inside out is a masterpiece I thought in terms of both the score, Amy Poehler did a really good job, like just expressing herself in that movie. And yeah, I think I think she does a
0: great job, like always seeming happy and cheerful. Even her character, Leslie Open Parks and Rec. And I think it was the great voice cast fitting because she always seemed so happy, so optimistic, so upbeat. And she was like, yes, my way or the highway, the only way to go is happiness. And I think when you're a little kid, you, you, you don't want to be sad, you know, like you, you want to be angry sometimes but like you don't want to be sad and especially when you're a teenager it's those times when emotions are building up so i think like you want to force yourself to be happy and i think bringing in sadness sometimes definitely helps out and i think the the voice cast first for sadness um i forgot her name but she plays phyllis on on the office mm. uh that was also great you know just like that sort of sad dejected tone she was great as well so overall i think
1: a very good voice cast so yeah i love how all the emotions were kind of just controlled from like this this pod that it it really yeah. like simplified it it simplified it in such a beautiful way but that like like little kids could understand it but also like grown ups would be like yeah that's like that's kind of how my brain works a little bit mm-hmm. yeah i agree Pixar's so good man I, how much you think they how do you think they get paid like just the the animators and like the the story designers and enough dude i mean these movies make a lot of money
0: but I mean, I actually not enough. Like these guys changed my life. So I don't really know. think whatever they're getting paid is criminally underrated, but yeah, dude, every single movie they make is just usually so good. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to your number seven. What's your number seven? Six. We're on six.
1: No, we're on seven. Yeah. On my seven. seven is up. And a lot of people have this as like one of their top two or top three movies. And if you're talking about like the first 45 to 50 minutes of this movie, I agree. There's a lot of powerful themes and dynamics explored between Carl and I honestly forget the little guy's name, but I'm just going to call him like the little chunk and like his name is Russell. Russell. Yeah, 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 dude. I watched this for the first time like last week. So I'm like really late. You to never the party. watched. Up I'd Before? never, wa- I'd listened to all the music. I knew that. I know all that stuff. I just hadn't watched the movie. So I watched it and they, they, They cover a lot of like pretty traumatic stuff in the sense that like Carl and his wife could not have a child and like she ended up falling ill or just not being able to continue on. And there's a lot of really touching stuff in the beginning of the movie. But then once Russell and Carl start going on their adventure and meet the dog, meet the bird and that whole walking caravan meets the explorer from the past. I don't know. It just felt like the plot of the movie was really, really strange. And like. I know stuff isn't supposed to be realistic in a Pixar movie, and I appreciate The Floating House. Like, it just felt out there in a really strange way, which is why I have it low. But the first 45 minutes of the movie were some of the best, like, filmmaking from Pixar that I've seen. So, okay, so basically, because, like, it seems
0: like you're giving it a lot of hate for it being ranked number seven on your list. No, no, no. So, like, so the first 45 minutes is, are, like, some of the best. This is, like, a tough love. Is this sad. is, like,
1: a tough love ranking in the sense that I love Carl's character. He's he's like that grumpy old man who has the softest of hearts but kind of portrays that like tough exterior. And then you have Russell who's like your everyday Boy Scout who's just trying to get his merit badge. And That's me. That's you, sir. Except this guy doesn't do walking, he just kinda of helps find birds in people's backyards. But I don't know. It's it's a great movie with weird plot issues, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, I I think it, it's like it's it's higher, it's a lot higher. I'll, I'll talk about it later,
1: but yeah, I really like it. The music from this movie is on point though, like the yeah. the different variations of that waltz are really really nice.
0: Again, Michael Giacchino, man,
1: God, Disney has this so, like psych like this tier of like four composers they use for all their movies that are just Thomas Newman, Randy, Randy Newman, Newman,
0: Thomas Newman, Michael Giacchino, and then, uh, who did? Da, 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 da.
1: yeah i think that's basically that's the, like the their, three the rest of the rotation
0: because randy newman did all the cars thomas newman did finding Nemo, finding dory mm-hmm. um and then michael giacchino did like ratatouille coco inside out mm-hmm. up so
1: who yeah. did who did incredibles michael giacchino. michael giacchino also yeah
0: yeah so he he's, he's done like a lot of the big ones like yeah, I think the best scores are Michael Giacchino's and Thomas Newman's. But Thomas, Thomas Newman,
1: Thomas Newman for to. me is one. If we're really? ranking that, but that's another. That's another story. Wait, wait, hold on. I I want to hear why. Honestly, I don't have Finding Dory on this list, but the entire score for Finding Dory was beautiful in the sense that like you just get lost in the ocean with every track. And Finding Nemo was great. Like from Nemo egg in the beginning, where right before the Barracuda oh, comes, that, that's a great Dude, piece. That that's is a, a great piece. Unbelievable song, and. I don't know, it's, you, you feel transported into the world of the deep sea ocean when you listen to Thomas Newman's soundtracks. And that, that that for me, I just really like all the textures, the ambiance, the different sound effects, like the synths and everything, the way he uses orchestral pieces. I don't know, I really like Newman. I love Randy Newman because I think like
0: his Toy Story scores are so perfect. Like the first one, like just the first, like, you feel like you're you're living in a Toys world. And it's just great. His car scores are great as well. Mm-hmm. And then I think Giacchino's tied with Newman for me. And I'll talk about why when talking about my number seven movie, Coco. I think Coco was an incredible movie. I think it could be Pixar's second most perfect movie. I think the, the plot is great. It's really original, but also like, okay, it's not super original because, like, I guess people always do like the sort of Dia de los Muertos type deal. But I think the way in which they explored. The relationship between death and also the way in which they explored the whole land of the dead and the whole phenomenon was great and honestly i love this this movie for two reasons one is the animation i think the animation in this movie is close to perfect that scene when he's crossing the marigold bridge and he sees the land of the dead and there's all those lights like just watch some videos search up like coco animation like They literally animated every single light individually. There was more than 10,000 lights. The animation of this movie is on like another level. It really revolutionized the game. And then also, I think the music, and it's the attention to detail. I think the regular score is fantastic. It's some great orchestral pieces with some Mexican flair in the background. And then you have the, the, the regular pieces of music that played throughout the movie. You have Poco Loco. You have Remember Me. Uh, they have some great renditions of Remember Me. Miguel comes in on the soundtrack and sings Remember Me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then whenever they're animating Miguel playing the guitar, sorry, the character Miguel, but also like the R&B pop artist Miguel. So R&B pop artist Miguel comes in and sings Remember Me, a version of that for like the soundtrack. But Miguel is the main character, the little boy in the movie. Mm-hmm. Whenever he's playing the guitar, they actually use the real fingerings. Which is crazy to me. They animated the real fingerings, and whenever like they, they have like a TV and they're showing, whenever they show a guitar, it's the real fingerings. Even it's like like Miguel and Hector are like performing on stage and they're singing un Poco Loco, and like you can still like if you pause the movie, you can still see that like Miguel is doing the right fingerings. It's crazy the amount of detail they went into in this movie, and it's just perfect. It's like it made me cry at the end. The music is phenomenal the score, and the actual music of the movie, which really made me appreciate it a lot. And it's just one of my favorite Pixar movies of all time. It's so good.
1: I love Miguel's character in the sense that he he was a musician in, like, a family that looked down on music and kind of like in Ratatouille with Remy and his culinary pursuits. And even in... Uh, this isn't Pixar, but Happy Feet with... uh, what was it? Mumble? He yes. had the... The tap dancing gene, but no one else really was on board with that. And I, I really like that, like, misfit talent freak in, like, a family that kind of condones that kind of stuff. So I really liked Miguel as a character in this movie. Yeah.
0: Much needed advice is, like, one of my favorite parts of any soundtrack in any Pixar movie. It's, mm-hmm. like, when Miguel's up in his attic playing, watching along the TV. Like, he's just, the
1: movie's so good, man. It's just so good. This is where Pixar makes its money man. when they get the guitar fingerings right, you know they're doing something exceptional.
0: Yeah, the detail. They just care about the detail and it's overall just a great movie. I mean, the ending kinda gets a little bit stereotypical, but like that plot twist where Hector's actually his like his his great grandfather is crazy. Mm-hmm. And like he sings Remember Me to Mama Coco. I did in the movies and like, you know, she remembers everything. It's just so so good, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Coco's always going to be underrated and I'm kind of disappointed I don't have it in my top 10, but my list is really just based on nostalgia and not as much the newer movies. But I don't know. I don't know what I'd take out to put Coco in. No, I mean, this is really hard.
0: Pixar just makes so many good movies. Like I I my my Marvel movies and like there's a pretty big disparity between like 15 and like five. But here, like my 15 is like The Incredibles 2, which is a great movie. Mm -hmm. So, like, the disparity between my 15 and my number two is like super close. So, it's just really hard to rank. But
1: yeah, that's the thing with Marvel, there's a lot. There's a lot of hits, but there's a clear, like, tier difference between like the top five, the next five, like the bottom 10, or however you want to put them. But yeah, with, with Pixar, they're all so close. And my sixth movie is very interchangeable with my last movie. My sixth one is Inside Out. And we've kind of touched on this already and all the good things about it. But this is the only movie I've ever watched where I have cried. Thankfully, my parents did not see me doing this. My sister did not see me doing this. Otherwise, I would never hear the end of it. But I had to like say like, oh, I need to go get water. Then I went to the bathroom and just like cried for like 10 seconds. But man, this was a tough watch in the best way. I, I, yeah, I like really d I don't have much more I don't have much more to say on this. It was just a really touching movie and it explored all the things that you really only like you talk about it with like those like super super close to you and you don't really like explore all those emotions with just people you run into every day. But that movie hit everything right on the nail.
0: Yeah. Great movie. My number six movie is Toy Story. The first one, the original one, the one that started it all. Such a great movie. I mean, fantastic plot. Really really makes you think What, like, what is going on inside of the heads of the people that created the movie. But an amazing movie. Really funny. Heartfelt. I mean, everybody's watched this movie. Just Woody screaming a buzz. You're not a toy. Underneath <laughs> the Dinoco. Like in the Dinoco gas station. Underneath that truck. And then... Or you are a toy. Sorry. Not you are not a toy. You are a toy. And then you know, then went to Pizza Planet, Sid's house, that whole thing. is just like such a good movie, man. And that ending scene, where you know they're on RC, and then they, you know, with the rocket, it's whole, you know, I'm not flying, I'm falling with styles. So so good. As you can see, I know the whole movie. Uh, I like this movie a the
1: lot. Toy Story I Stan, I I don't have a problem with that. I really like Toy Story one, and yeah. One of, Disney, or one of Pixar's oldest movies, if I'm not mistaken.
0: It's the first movie they released.
1: Yeah. Uh, like the first feature film they released. First feature film. The, the one that
0: literally started it all.
1: Yeah. I remember it wasn't Crazy. even like, it wasn't marketed super well, but it still did, I think, like $373 million in like its first weekend box office. So. Crazy. Insane. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. Are we on five now? Yep. Okay. I have Ratatouille. And this is partly because of my love for food and partly because I really love Remy. I think he's one of, like, the feistiest characters Pixar has ever developed. And they did a great job kind of making Linguini, the, the little delinquent chef. He's, he's torn between his sous-chef and the rat the whole time. And they kind of, like, fight for his attention. And that's one of the more subtly funny themes throughout this movie. And this is really nice because it really teaches you to like appreciate unique cooking, kind of what some of the Food Network shows really go into. But this is a really like, kid-friendly way to kind of show that if there is something challenging that you want to pursue, you just got to go for it and not really worry about like critics like in this one, Mr. Ego, which is a really, really good name for a critic, by the way. Great name. But... Yeah, I really like this. It's it it transports you to a world that you might not be familiar with with all the cooking and the kind of the the business running a restaurant and being a chef that really wants to make it big but not really fully appreciating the craft in the beginning. And it's just a really a really out there unique film that they decided to make and it it did really well. I agree. It's one of my favorite movies. I'll talk about it later. So yeah, my number five
0: movie is Toy Story 2, right above Toy Story 1 for me. I think it's slightly better Uh, just because I think the the subject matter it deals with is a lot more complex. The first movie is really just us getting acclimated to the Toy Story universe, but the second one is really about kind of abandonment. You know, you feel sad for Jessie and her story of, of being left behind and you feel like she wants to be part of the family and... The, the prospector is a great villain because you, you don't realize he's a villain until very late through the movie. The ending scene in the airport, once they pass, they, they get into the checked in bags and they go through that little gay type thing. And it's just like like, that's what I always imagined as a kid, like the inside of airports would be like. I have no idea if that's true or not. Like, I haven't been inside it, but like that scene is just crazy with all those like conveyor belts moving and it's such a great movie. And then I, I love the detail. One of my favorite scenes in any movie. When when Woody's getting fixed, when Woody, when Woody's getting stitched up, when the repair guy comes and stitches him up, that score by by Randy Newman and they're just like the animation is just so good in that scene especially and just overall really funny movie you know Zurg's relationship with other with Second Buzz you know that's a really really <laughs> funny relationship uh, man I mean Zurg is such a great character one of my um, one of my little cousins he's like four years old and. Um, his parents asked him what he wanted for Christmas. He loves Toy Story. So he asked his dad for his Zerg toy. <laughs> his dad went out on eBay and got him like an actual Zerg toy, like a like a pretty like accurate from the movie description type like Zerg toy. And like I went over and played with it with him. And like, man, I really want that now. Like I want to buy that. Like such a such a cool toy. But I love Toy Story too. It's really funny. Some, some great comedic scenes. Uh, again, you know, whenever the... Whenever the Toys drive a car, I think it's hilarious. the driving <laughs> to the airport, that's super funny. And, you know, the you have saved our lives. You're eternally grateful. Stealing the pizza plant truck is, you know, absolutely great. I think just overall a really, really funny movie.
1: Yeah. I I have nothing to say. I thought all the Toy Stories were good. Um, telling you, I just got lazy. I just grouped them all together. Because if you really want to nitpick between them, it's so tough just because they're all so well made. And they each have really, yeah. really good humor aspects, and the animation is fantastic, as you expect. But yeah, I mean, I've... just
0: for me, like they're literally my favorite movies, so I can't not, I, I can't put them together. But I think maybe for this list, putting them together would have like allowed me to shine some light into some other great movies like Finding Nemo or Cars or, you know, A Bug's Life. But you know, screw it, I love Toy
1: Story. Bet. All right, my fourth is Wall-E, and. This is one of the best role reversal movie flips I've ever seen. You have all the humans in the movie, except until like late middle end section. They're all just super robotic. They're doing exactly what the autopilot tells them to do. They're on a ship. They're completely brainwashed. Just have this routine and nothing changes day to day. They're all overweight, have no exercise, nothing. Meanwhile, you have Wally who as a robot, has such a vibrant personality. I think the musical he liked in the movie was Hello Dolly, which is one of the more lively, well-known musicals that we have in our culture. And he collects, like, random things like Rubik's Cubes, and he develops this really awesome relationship with Eva. And as a trash compactor robot, Wally really, like, defies the norm on what robots are programmed and function to do with really like helping the humans like see the light on yeah we should not just be robotic and not changing any aspect of our life and i i love this movie i think it's very underrated when people bring up their top pixar movies but from the score from any movie in space automatically gets like a plus five clout boost for me. But this one in particular, just because the combination of Pixar, the music, the score, the role reversal and kind of the more quirky aspects of Wall-E, I, I love this movie.
0: It's a great movie. Yeah, I have it in number three. So just one above you. But yeah, my, my number four Pixar movie of all time is Up. She's already talked about Up. I disagree with him in terms of I think the overall movie is great. I think you get a little bit of the fantastical life that Ellie and Carl want to live during the first forty-five minutes of the movie, and then when it actually shows up with Doug and Kevin towards the latter half of the movie, it just like completes the picture in my mind. I mean, it's such a good movie that it literally got nominated for best picture, so can't complain with that. And it's just truly a cinematic masterpiece. The score again is great. Michael Giacchino did an amazing job. With that. The, the up theme, Ellie's theme, just makes me want to cry whenever I hear it. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, such, a, such, such a heartfelt movie. um, Really, really great. I mean, there's really nothing else I can say about it, because I think this film has very few critics. And, yeah, such a good movie. I really wanted to put it higher, but... I mean, hey, if you didn't like it, you didn't like it. But just for me, like, like I'm a little kid at heart. Like... I loved the fact that like a multicolored crazy bird named Kevin came along and that there was a dog named Doug that could talk. Mm-hmm. Like it just really like it fit in with like what the directors were trying to say about the movie. And it's just like, at the end of the day, it's like, for me, it's a great movie. I think all that adds to it. I think Doug's like insistence, his slightly betrayal and towards the middle of the movie, but then towards the end, he kind of comes back towards Carl and Russell and is like, no, like, you know, I, I really root for you guys. It's like, is, every little part of it for me is just you know I think a good movie. Doug, so, Doug really I mean, just for
1: me personally I love it so. Doug really went through his hero's journey without anyone really noticing. You have you have your main characters obviously, and then you have Doug who starts off trying to track down Kevin, and then he gets Kevin, loses Kevin unintentionally, and then finds him again, and then still lets him go. Helps the helps Carl and little chunk Russell. Oh, I like The Little Chonk better, man. Russell isn't like a... You know, I like calling him The Little Chonk. But, yeah, I, I have no problems without being that high. I, it was nominated, so... Obviously, I'm not seeing something that literally everyone else is seeing.
0: Such a good movie, dude. Yeah.
1: It is good. Alright, for my three, I have The Incredibles. And for me, honestly, this is one of the first Pixar movies I actually watched, so... It always just holds a really special place in my heart. I have like an Incredibles Halloween costume of Mister Incredible. Uh, I have the DVD. I have the DVD for two actually, which is really surprising. But like once we started collecting like Pixar DVDs and we we just ended up buying some that you wouldn't really expect to buy. But I love all the superpowers that all the all the members of this family have. Whether it's Dash, Violet, Miss Incredible, Mrs Incredible, Mister Incredible and jack jack at the end i i'm a fan i thought this is like your obviously it's a very like conventional superhero movie and good versus evil but really the family dynamic and choosing this life versus like a normal regular life that everyone aspires to lead i thought they did a good job kind of like portraying that and choosing a wild ridiculous career over normalcy in a very wholesome way and the action in this movie was pretty nonstop, and I loved it. Yeah, I think
0: it's a great movie. I already talked about how much I love it, so I agree with you on every aspect except for just I think compared to, in my opinion, like Coco or Inside Out or like the Toy Story movies, like that the plot doesn't live up to to what you think it is. Like, like it, it doesn't have that special Pixar. Stuff. It's a great movie just doesn't have that special Pixar something that makes you like, oh yeah, this is a Pixar movie. Well, actually, it does. It really does. It's just like that emotional aspect is not there. It's it's really the emotional aspect. It's a fun movie to watch start to finish, but it doesn't make you like crying a little bit on the inside.
1: I don't think all movies need to do that, though. You kind of need to balance it with just a really good, wholesome, action-packed, family-friendly movie.
0: I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I think there are better movies. But, you know... I can see why you have it so high. It's really a, a great movie. Mm-hmm. They they turned the superhero genre on its head a little bit. So, Syndrome is a great villain.
1: Yeah, he is.
0: Yeah. So, my number three movie is Wally. I think you already touched a lot on it. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. Forget animated. Um, just truly a fantastic movie. My dad is always like, oh, "Let's watch Wally. Let's watch Wally." My dad <laughs> really likes watching Wally. I mean, it's a great movie. It speaks a lot to humans and you know what we think of our planet and how if we don't take care of it it won't end well and I think the fact that this movie was made in 2008 in terms of just that like they had such forethought to, to see what's even happening today and just like the first first half of the movie essentially no talking it's just Wally and when Eva comes in just just, just the sounds of the robots like it's fantastic the scene when, while he's in the, using the fire extinguisher in space is just you know it's it's filmed so well as for any type of movie let alone like an animated movie and seeing how people copied it everywhere you know they copied it in gravity they copied it in the martian mm-hmm. the propelling yourself in space with a vacuum or sorry in a, in a vacuum with a fire extinguisher that's just wally's just such a good movie man it's like i don't want to watch it because it kind of makes me sad it's like wow like
1: like we we suck you know
0: (laughs) yeah this this pixar movie predicted our you know dystopian demise and it's coming true type deal but you know what else can you do so
1: i remember my mom after we watched this movie she was like oh this is a really good movie to like analyze you should take some notes me being all of 10 years old in 2008 (laughs) and i distinctly vividly remember writing a sentence that we need to stop throwing trash not in trash cans or something like that like something (laughs) really dumb but obviously relevant based on everything that went on in that movie. And especially it's now a really with all, good these, movie, dude. all these climate change talks and global warming and certain leaders not believing that there are problems. You know, very relevant movie. Super relevant. I mean, just a really
0: good, really well-made movie. The score by Thomas Newman is great. I think his, his best score. Um, just a really, really... All around, great movie. I mean, nothing else I can really say. I just, I, I think I might watch Wally after this. I haven't watched it in a while, so one wall. It's the one, one, like it's the one movie I don't want to watch because like this makes me sad. But
1: such a good movie. Okay, we're entering top tier territory. Actually, Wally was the entry to top tier. Screw that. All right, my number two is Monsters Inc., which has everything you can ask for in a movie. The concept of using like scares and screams to charge batteries for the monster world is genius it's just truly remarkable and then to see someone like sully kind of kind of choke especially when he has his reputation as being like the top scare which all makes more sense once you watch monsters university but i the transformation of sully from this like big behemoth leading all the monsters and scares and always putting up those top stats in terms of getting those batteries filled up and then seeing him kind of like cave when he sees boo and becomes friends with her. It's so heartwarming and boo has to be one of the cutest animated kids on TV movies anywhere. And I didn't cry for this movie. I was emotional in a good way, in a feel good way that made me laugh, made me smile. Kind of remember Mike Wazowski was the perfect like, counterpoint to sully like a very incompetent scare but just a really really good guy like a a goofy just happy-go-lucky dude who who's like the perfect best friend to sully and unfortunately monsters university didn't make my list but it was a really really good prequel for what's a fantastic all-time animated movie I didn't like Monsters University as much. I thought
0: it was like... I thought the overall concept of it, like the things it talked about was good. But I thought the execution was just gimmicky. But, you know, I I love Monsters, Inc. I agree with you. Monsters, Inc. is great. Just the creativity behind that movie is fantastic. I don't have it super high. I have it as number 13. But then again, like I said... My number 13 is not very far off from like my number two or my number three. So you're exhibiting great movies. You're exhibiting
1: Randall like tendencies for not having this in your top 10. But no, ju- <laughs> this is a no judgment podcast.
0: It's a very judgmental podcast, but Randall's a great villain. I'll, I'll definitely give you that. And you can see him develop in Monsters University, which I like. But mm-hmm. I, mean, I love the relationship between Boo, Mike and Sully. I think John Goodman does an amazing job as as the voice actor for Sully. Just really, really funny. That sort of booming John Goodman tendency. He did, does a great job. And I think it's a, also a very funny movie. And I think they create a very lived-in real
1: world. So I really love the jazz music in this movie, too. If you're ever in a yeah. jazz combo or like a big band group, look up The Scare Floor and then try to figure out an arrangement for that because that is one of my favorite songs from Pixar movies.
0: Randy Newman does it again. Man,
1: it truly. It's great.
0: Yeah, so my number two movie is Ratatouille. Um, I love this movie. I love food. I love to cook. And I think this movie has such a a clear message that can be summed up in like one line, which Gusteau says that anyone can cook. And I think just like, like, it's such a creative plot too, that there's this rat that's somehow really good at cooking. And you, you love Remy from the start. You love how ambitious he is. You hate, you know, his family, his dad, especially. You're like, you know, like see they're putting Remy not to good use. You love when Remy's cooking the mushroom on the top of, of, of the chimney and then he gets zapped by lightning and he eats it. <laughs> it's like, oh, you want to go good go with this? Some saffron goes into like, you, you love Remy so much from the start of the movie. That sewer scene is amazing. When they enter Paris, the score, man, Michael Giacchino with that Parisian score. The Ratatouille theme is great.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I love every single aspect of this movie. I think they do a great job of showing the kitchen. They brought in Thomas Keller of the French Laundry, you know, which is in Napa, so mm-hmm. Bay Area represent. They bought you know, a very famous American chef as a consulting producer to make sure everything was pretty accurate. They even, you know, the confibiality ratatouille dish towards the end. Like everything about this movie, the food was perfect, the way they portrayed kitchens was perfect, the way they talked about food. A lot of people think food is something you just eat but people that love food they see it as something to express yourself and something that you can give to others and i think they really expressed that in a great way possible it's like food was a way for for this rat this person that felt out of place in society to fit in with everyone else and give people the joy you know that 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 scene when Ego's eating and he takes the first bite of the ratatouille when being dismissed at first like oh this you know four-star restaurant is gonna serve you know, just Ratatouille to me, took a bite out of it, went back to his childhood. Like, that's the feeling I think every chef, anyone that wants to make food, they want people to have this, that type of feeling when they're eating. And I think, for me, it's like, I love cooking, so I'm a bit biased. But I just think it's a great movie. And I really, really enjoy watching it. I literally watch it all the time. I can pretty much quote this entire movie, too. And you can sing the score. Um, Just an overall great movie. I think Ego's monologue at the end when he's writing in the paper his critique of the restaurant is just really like a, a great monologue a great speech mm-hmm. you know it's yeah i think i think his line where he's saying you know the the hardest thing a critic can do is defend the new uh yeah i think that's super telling so i, I really really enjoy this movie i think every aspect of it's perfect yeah, I, I really, really love this movie. I think there's nothing more I can say. I
1: think that line that you just said from Ego applies to sports as well, where a critic can't really defend the new. Um, and we're talking about basketball and how like the way that's being changed, how it's being played. A lot of the old timers are just talking about, oh, like these players couldn't handle it back in the 80s, back in the 90s. There's no way they could score this easy. The defense is much more rugged. And I just really think that's an inability to kind of accept the changing of the guard In sports and in this movie they did a really good job kind of showing that like obviously yeah we think of food as just like something we eat and if we go to like a really nice restaurant it's oh we're getting really good food but we're just gonna eat it like we can't really appreciate it other than the taste but for a lot of these like executive chefs and like big name restaurant managers it's like an art they they really like express themselves in their food they they plate it really nicely present it like use flavors from their hometown use really really advanced methods that we have no idea about but yeah ratatouille did a really really good job explaining all of that and kind of familiarizing the everyday population with something really advanced like cooking
0: yeah i mean for me also this movie does not a thing and i think that is talk about especially in cooking this whole culture and stereotype around getting these stars you know they have in in, in ratatouille they have five stars or six stars on Gusteau's billboard and he loses one Mm -hmm. and he dies because of the shock and in real life you have Michelin stars right and people really obsess over getting these stars that's all anyone wants to do and they really want to impress these critics and they really want to get highly ranked but I think the best thing I love about Remy and then in terms of Linguini is Remy cooks because he loves it and I think if you cook because you love something that's the most satisfaction you can get it's not about the stars it's really about the passion you have behind cooking. And I love at the end that although Ego gives them such a good review, they still get shut down and they have their own restaurant sort of on the, in, not in the center of Paris towards like the outskirts of Paris and, you know, Ego's an investor and Remy's the one that cooks and it might not be started at all because it's literally a rat who's, you know, the head chef, but like what matters is the food is good. And the person that's cooking it has passion behind it. And I know some of my friends have heard my rant about the whole Michelin star culture in cooking. Don't want to get into that right now, but I think just it has like it talks about passion. I think there's there's really nothing else that you can do more in in life than have passion about something. So
1: facts for everything. You just have to be invested in it. All right. Like I have passion for Pixar movies. (laughs) True that. All right. My number one is I'm going to give you five hints on what this movie is. It's Finding Nemo. Can I give my hints? It's Finding Nemo, isn't it? You're not wrong, but you just ruined like a pretty fun oh, exercise. got him.
0: Got him. Dude, I'm sorry, dude. I just... I know it's Finding Nemo. How'd you know? Like, dude, this is the first movie I literally remember watching in theaters as a kid. Like, I watched it with my my neighbor and his cousin. Like, I remember watching it. So, this like, is... If this is the first movie I remember watching, Is the first movie I remember watching. It's like when we were 5 or 6 years old like this is one of my such a good movie, this is so. one
1: of my top 5 all-time movies period i mean this Great this movie. really helped like develop my love for like marine life and after watching this movie i went in i started watching like documentaries on orcas like documentaries on on sharks i watched like shark week discovery channel i i really went in and whether it was the whole aspect of encountering all these different marine life throughout marlin's adventure trying to get his son back um the jellyfish the whale the i don't know the barracuda in the beginning all the the pitfalls that happened to him on his journey the pelicans at the end nigel there's just so many iconic aspects of this movie and it produced P. one of Peep Sherman 42, Wallaby way, Sherman 42 way. Wallaby way, Sydney, Australia, and one of the best quotes of all time, Fisher Friends, not food. I think Bruce <laughs> is one of the best hero slash villains in all of movies, and Bruce, and he just has, like, the most stereotypical, like, cronies that a villain could have, but they're so charming in their own way. You, you can't even hate the villains in this movie, but... Yeah, Nemo was just a wild ride of adventure, of of just getting familiar with a, dip, a bunch of different ocean life and really, really wholesome and heartwarming.
0: Yeah, I love Finding Nemo as well. It's, again, as I said, the first movie I remember watching in theaters. I, I use Dory's little catchphrase, just keep swimming all the time whenever I want to keep myself motivated. It's just like... You gotta just keep swimming. The animation is great. The story is fantastic. The, the the score by Thomas Newman is amazing. Nemo Egg is, I think, one of the finest film score pieces of all time. It's just perfect. Gets you in the mood, and it really brings you and immerses you into like the water, into the ocean. Mm-hmm. I think it's just it's such a good movie. Like I, 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 really agree. I mean, I don't have it in my top. Then I have it in number twelve.
1: Look how casual but- you are.
0: I don't even have it in my top ten. Oh, it, it's a good movie, though. I really, I enjoy it a lot.
1: No, no I'm just. playing. I, I
0: watch it all the time too.
1: That's the problem mm. with these Pixar movies, dude. Like, even within the top fifteen, there's such little separation between all of them. You could honestly just scramble it, reorder it, and it would, it would be valid.
0: Yeah, like, and I perfectly respect and understand why you chose Finding Nemo. like, like I totally get it. So, yeah. What do you got?
1: my okay can you guess what my number one pixar movie of all time is so you've already been through all the toy stories right not true you said what four two and one yeah is it toy story three yes sir yeah so toy
0: story three is my favorite uh so i watched this for the first time in theaters uh with some of my cousins in 2013 when it released and i was like oh it's a pretty good movie you know And I walked out and I left. And then I watched it again in 2017, like after my freshman year of college. And at the end of it, I just straight up started crying. (laughs) Like it was like when I watched it initially, like I wasn't in the mindset of like leaving and moving on. And once I went from high school to college and I watched it again, like it really made me emotional, made me tear up a lot. It's a great movie about letting go. I think, the plot is great. I think the characters are great. I think Lotso is an amazing villain. I think every single sort of set piece, them at Sunnyside, and then, you know, them towards the end at the garbage dump at the recycling facility. Like, I think all those set pieces are great. I just think, the, like, the the ending scene when Andy is, is letting go of all of his toys It's just truly such a great, great scene and honestly such a great movie. My favorite movie, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time and definitely I think the best Pixar movie of all time, my favorite. Like genuinely made me cry. Like there's really like nothing I can say in terms of like this movie made me cry like so much when I watched it that. I was like, yeah, this has to be, and this could never be replaced as the best Pixar movie. It was just really emotional for me. The thing I love is, like, it grew over time for me. Like, when I watched it initially, oh, it's a good movie. But when you understand what the movie's trying to talk about, then you get it. And I think, like, Toy Story 1 was released, I believe, in 1995 or 1997. I think 7.
1: No. I think it was... I think it was 5, actually. I think it was 95. Yeah,
0: 1995, right? So... For kids that watched Toy Story 3 in 2010, sorry, it was 2010, not 2013, which is, you know, I had was in 7th grade? Sixth, we were going grade? in the 7th. Yeah, going in the 7th grade, yeah. So, like, I hadn't even entered, like, like, I was entering middle school. So, like, it was really, like, I didn't know anything about letting go. And for the kids that were, like, let's say 4 or 5 years old in 1995, when 2010 came around... They were around the time of entering college, so this movie was made for them. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you watched Toy Story when you were a little kid, like when it released, and you were alive and you were born like 90, 91, 92, you were going into college when two thousand ten came along. So this movie was made for you, and like I feel like a lot of people that watched it then related to it. So for me, I was only able to relate to it six years after release when I was going to college. So that's why for me, I think it's a great movie because it was a good movie when I watched it, but when I really like connected to it emotionally it was a great movie and it was like the best movie. So for me, that's why it's, I think I believe it's, it's, it's my top Pixar movie. I think it's the best Pixar movie,
1: but I agree about the whole letting go. Cause I rewatched it like last week when we were talking about doing this. And then I remember one and two were a lot more about kind of like the playful aspect of the toys and kind of like the pettiness between buzz and Woody and one, and then two kind of just building off of that. But I guess that's why four didn't have the the proper impact for me. Cause I thought three was the perfect ending for that trilogy. And I don't think there should have been a fourth. Obviously the fourth movie was good in its own right. And it gave Woody that storybook ending and kind of what he deserved. But the th- three was fantastic in the sense that it really, it touched on all the emotional parts of, of moving on, especially for us. And like you said, like, if, I, I didn't watch it at the time you did going like right from senior year to freshman year of college. So I'm sure that hit more. But watching it now as we're finishing college and moving on to just another whole phase of our life, that that struck a tone with me. And it also made me realize there shouldn't have been a fourth movie.
0: I don't know. For me, when I watch it and I watch all four of them consecutively in like a Five hour stretch, I'm like, okay, the fourth movie makes sense because the third movie is super emotional, but it's really about Andy letting go. It's not about Woody letting go. I think Woody was okay. I I think Woody was dependent on Andy. Woody thought, Andy needs me. And like, I think you could tell throughout the movie, he was scared about college. But once Andy was like, no, you guys belong with someone else, then Woody was like, okay, cool. But when the fourth movie comes around, Woody's still super dedicated to Bonnie, but you can tell, like, he has this longing that, like, he doesn't necessarily belong with Bonnie, Mm -hmm. you know? Woody was Andy's tour. And when Andy let Woody go, Woody had to let Andy go. But Woody didn't really let Andy go. He moved on to Bonnie. So I think when Bo Peep came around in in Toy Story 4 and convinced Woody to like, yeah, it's time to go live your own life type deal. I think that really played a part as well. So I think if you watch all four of them in a continuum, it makes total sense. Just just my opinion. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people like you who watched three and then, you know, sometime later watched four, which is like most of us, and just in general, when they think of four, they're like, man, three was such a perfect ending. Like, why did four have to be made? But I think, again, in my opinion, three was Andy letting go and four was Woody letting go. I think those are two totally different, different things. Themes, I don't mind yeah. four. I don't mind four at all. Like, I think, it's again, it's my number 10 movie. The animation is great. The score is great. The plot is really funny. But, like, three is just, like, again, on another, on another level for me just because of what it meant to me emotionally. Really, like, I mean... I went to college in a, like a different state, halfway across the country where I knew like three people going in. Right. So like letting go was a big thing for me. And like this mm-hmm. movie definitely helped me with that and definitely helped me move on and was like, yeah, I have to be ready for what's next. So, yeah. Yeah. Man, Pixar. There's nothing more I can say.
1: I have. Yeah. Pixar did it, dude. They figured out how to make the perfect movie. Cause if you think, if you take each movie they've ever made in a nutshell, there's no way you're giving any of these movies, like, below, like, out worse, a 7 out of 10, right?
0: Yeah, I think even, just... like, in my opinion, like, the worst Pixar movie of all time, Cars 2, still gets, like, a 7 out of 10. Oh, so.
1: easily, yeah. I mean, yeah, I I think Cars 2 was, like, one of my worst, one of my least favorite Pixar movies as well. But it's still, it's still a good movie in a nutshell. I love
0: Cars 2. That's I think that's, like, the Pixar movie I watch the most. Because, like, it's just so watchable, but, like, it's, like a blatant ripoff of every single spy movie of all time but like i think it's hilarious but like it still gets like a 7 out of 10 and like toy story 3 like up and toy story 3 both received best picture nominations you know like toy story 3 was damn close to winning the best adapted screenplay award like if an animated movie is able to at least even be nominated for best picture you know it has to be amazing and i think it's i don't know why toy story 3
1: didn't win gonna be honest like i watched have no idea why i watched brave with my sister the other day just because i had to refresh my memory on that that wasn't even a bad movie
0: no brave was a great movie i think it was very very good it's just i i mean i think compared to some of the other movies it, it, it isn't that great but i mean yeah brave is still really good like i think the score in that movie is fantastic and
1: yeah Dude, I just... Yeah, I just... Okay. The
0: King's Speech won in 2010. I don't know how the King's Speech won over Toy Story. Oh, King's Speech was good,
1: dude. King's Speech was a good movie.
0: It wasn't as good as Toy Story 3.
1: That's, like, super subjective if you're, like, 40 versus, like, 15 or 16.
0: Dude, if I'm 40 versus if I'm 10, Toy Story 3 was better than the King's Speech. Better than every single movie yeah, on it. You just sounded Maybe like... Respectful. You
1: sounded like that LeBron meme where it's, like, I don't care, Cavs in 7.
0: <laughs> I don't care. It's Toy Story 3, dude. Everybody had to like. It's a universal theme. The King's Speech is like. Oh, I mean, The King's Speech is really good. I'm not gonna like talk bad about The King's Speech, but it's Toy Story three. Like, how can you say it's not like one of the greatest movies of all time? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't get it. But
1: I'm a stan. All right. Well, that does it for that does it for our rankings. Obviously, we had a lot of similar movies. Some some slight differences, but all in all, we agreed that. That Pixar just knows what it's doing They're on top of their stuff And as long as they make movies We're going to be watching them We're going to be shelling out money for it Whether it's Disney Plus or, or theater Honestly, I'll probably still watch these in theater Ani probably as well I know he's a Pixar fiend But yeah, we hope you enjoyed that Let us know if there's anything we got wrong Any Anything you thought should have been on the list Feel free to just let us know
0: Yeah, once again, thank you guys for listening all the way through. Really appreciate it. If you guys want to discuss anything with us, shoot us a text. Hit us up on our Instagram, podcast.lockedin. Let us know. Let us know what you guys want for future episodes. We decided to diverge a little bit away from sports today. Just because there wasn't that much sports news. And I'm very passionate about Pixar. So I just wanted to get my opinions out there. But once again, hope you guys enjoyed it. Stay safe. Wash
1: your hands. Wash your hands, people. Peace.